0: Hey guys, what's going on? This is David Avalon with another episode of Breaking the Guard with my co-host Robert Drysdale. In today's episode, we have went up with catching up on uh, Robert and I's travels and uh, a little bit about snowboarding and the pitfalls before we get into uh, what I would call slapgate, which of course by now everybody in the jujitsu jitsu community has heard how Gordon Ryan slapped not only once, but twice the face of Andre Galvao. And uh, a fight didn't break out right afterwards, which to me is the most bizarre thing. And I still can't quite wrap my head around it. And uh, me and Robert talk about everything regarding that. We also go into a little bit about the rules again. Um, Talking about IBJJF, ADCC rules. Uh, just in regard to what we called gray areas and why it's terrible to have gray areas if you're a referee. So I, I think this is it's a shorter podcast, but I think it's pretty entertaining <laughs> just because of uh, some of the stories that we get into. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Before we get started, I'd like to thank one of our sponsors, which is bjjcradle.com. Uh, BJJCradle.com is the home of Robert Drysdale's Cradle Series. And this is a course that covers how to use the cradle, which is a wrestling pinning combination, for jiu-jitsu. And you could use it in a variety of ways, from guard passing, whether it's a half guard, a Z guard. Uh, you could do it from open guard, a seated guard. You could also set up submissions like guillotine chokes, stars chokes, uh, Japanese neckties. So a lot of cool ways you can use this position. And again, it's very unique because most people don't think of using a wrestling pin as a submission hold or as a position to pass. But Robert explores a lot of clever ways. And I actually make a cameo too as well on the online edition. So some techniques that I use with the cradle also. So go ahead, check it out. Go to bjjcradle.com to learn more and order. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm David Avalon, here with my co-host Robert Drysdale for another edition of Breaking the Guard. Robert, what's going on?
1: Not much, man. Lots of work. Um, Looks gonna... like we're starting to come back to normal, you know, like back to 35% capacity, which in Nevada is a win. I know in Texas they're back to normal, yeah, 100%. normal, no masks. So I think that's a sign that the world is coming back to sanity. And uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. So other than that, just lots of work about yourself.
0: Yeah, man. But came back, well, no, I think that was from last episode, right, or we didn't do one since I came back from Bali? Tahiti, from Tahiti? From B- the- Tahiti? Oh, I think you did. Oh, we made. I know. think it was like right know. after you came back. Yeah. yeah. Well, I went to Reno for a little bit, then came back, and uh, I've just been here, getting ready. I have a camp in Costa Rica coming up in April. Okay, I got one in May. Yeah, yeah, wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> you were in Abu Dhabi, right? Dubai.
1: Dubai, That's I- right. Okay. I just came back from Dubai. I was in Dubai to talk to the investor about the documentary. Turns out this is like, just to give people a little update, like it's actually turned into a bigger operation than we originally intended. It was gonna be a documentary for the jiu-jitsu community. Now we're like talking about entering film festivals internationally. Oh wow. So doing like a whole year of touring on film festivals or I'll be like representing the film as an executive producer. And cause it's, it's, the quality is actually pretty good. Like we actually have a shot at maybe winning or be some nominations at least. And that would up the value of the production for a future sale. You know, let's say it's gonna go on Netflix it raises the value of the film, right? For sure. So we might be delaying, purposely delaying the, the the release of the film for those reasons. The investors on board, like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wants to see the film, of course, but like I think it convinced him, like, look, man, we can do something really historical here. We're, I'd rather err on being late than being, you know, 99% of what it could have been. Like we want to hit a home run here and that's what we're aiming for. And he was on board, spent some quality time with him. guys. I hadn't seen him in three years, so that was fun. And then I went to I went to Ski Dubai. Uh, what else? I was going to go skydiving in Dubai because that's what I really wanted to do. Oh, yeah? And then uh, I on the phone, when I'm like, trying to schedule, they go, how much do you weigh? And I'm like, 245. And they go, I'm sorry, you're too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, that's what they told me. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? I can't skydive? I'm, like, no, you're too heavy. I'm like, fuck, that was on my bucket list. I can't, like, it's it's out the window. I guess I can't skydive unless I do it alone because it's too heavy with two people.
0: Interesting. I never...
1: I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it is if you're too heavy. Because I would be di- skydiving with an instructor. Yeah, you do it, but they call them tandem. Yeah, right? it's it's exactly. Right? So like the, you know, between the two of us, I think we go over the limit. So, I've,
0: I've done a tandem dive before when I was like 200 pounds, but I guess it's extra 40. <laughs> uh,
1: it is what it is, man. But so I went skiing. I, I snowboarded instead. Uh, what else did I do? So the, the 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 four-wheeler on the sand dunes. Oh, ATV? Yeah, those like are fun, man. Like Those are fun. Beautiful weather. It was winter there, but it's, you know, nothing crazy. It was actually pretty warm. So it was right. good. It was a lot of fun. Good to be back. It was a short trip. I was there for like three days.
0: Nice, yeah. nice. It's one of the places I got to... It's crazy, man. Yeah. Like,
1: it's it's a very intense... It's like Vegas on steroids. That's how I describe Dubai. It's like... That's, that's it, pretty preposterous. Yeah. No, it is. It is because you <laughs> have that vibe of everyone's out there to make it, make it quick. And it draws that kind of crowd. You know, as it kind of like the, I want to say it's like party city of the world because it could be pretty strict about it, even though they have, there's two worlds, right? There's the world for the locals and the world for the tourists, like they're separate worlds. But it's, it could be a very strange and very interesting place at the same time. Like there are rules, it's, it's a, it really is like a hybrid between the West and what they like about the West, but without really dropping their values or their way of being. Like they're very traditional still, it's a very Muslim oriented society, but very Western at the same time, it's strange. It's a strange combination. Interesting. Yeah. But it works, man. I, I have fun there. It was like my, my third time there. And uh, yeah, it's funny because I've only snowboarded four times in my life. The first one was in Brian Head. The other three were in Dubai. You uh, well. I'm, I, I live right next to the best snow in the world in Utah, and I have to go to Dubai to snowboard. It's a true story.
0: I've only gone uh, yeah. snowboarding once. It was in Switzerland. We went to Jungfrau, okay. and that was a disaster. It's and hard. Oh, God. Yeah. I thought, you know... I know when I went skating, it didn't work out well for yeah. me either. But that was like when I was like a teenager. So I'm like, yeah. oh, snowboarding. I've been doing more arts. I got bad. Yeah, no, nah, not the same, man. It's man, a whole new ball same. game. Like It's like all my instincts worked against me. Like, oh, I think I should lean forward. No, yeah. you're supposed to be leaning back. Yeah. It's a disaster. I yeah.
1: can go forward pretty well. Like just going like side to side looking forward <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> like a zigzag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the me. second I had to turn like backwards to turn. I lose my balance very quickly. I go flying forward or back. Like I can't really find that happy middle. But it's just a lot of practice, man. That's all it is. It can be pretty frustrating, man, because you eat it a lot, Oh, like, man, and it no. gets very uncomfortable. Because now you get snow all underneath your shirt, and you're—I I can never, no matter how much kind of gloves or boots I got on, my feet or hands are always cold. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. So I'm always uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. Like, fit, like ten minutes into snowboarding, and I'm, I'm super uncomfortable.
0: No, I was yeah. there. I went with my girlfriend Jamie and. and- we had a private instructor to try to teach us, and he got frustrated <laughs> because we we're falling all over the place. You know, I was like, dum, dum. that makes you feel like shit. You know, because you oh, can see yeah. that your coach is losing his patience with you. Like, fuck, man. Yeah, yeah. You can see he's like, oh, can I try again. And, and it was more demoralizing? There's like these. We're like on the kid hill, yeah. and you see little kids. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell, man? Yeah. You know? yeah. And then, yeah, we salvaged it by going on a. What you call it? Sledding? Yeah. Oh, and that was amazing. Yeah. That's a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Like,
1: but it's one of the things you want to do. Want to do like an increment of like maybe two hours at a time. I, I after like that two hour mark, it just I start getting like hungry, uncomfortable. You got to go in. You have to have like a cabin nearby. Go you know, have a coffee, eat, chill, take a nap, maybe relax, do something else, and then go back maybe before it's too dark. But that would be fun. But you know. Being on the mountain for more than two hours, I just can't do. Like, that's as much as I want to be there to have fun. And after that, I'm like, all right, I need a break. But I know people that, that go for, like, five hours straight. Oh, I
0: bet. You know. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. You see people doing all sorts of weird tricks and, like, jumping over you. No, it's, it's, it, like, it looks yeah. like
1: one of those things that once you get the hang of it, it's a lot of fun. My dad is, was, a, was uh, used to be a tennis coach. And he used just say, the first year in tennis, you're gonna hate it because you're just like picking up ball from the, you're just picking up balls from the floor. Like, that's you don't yeah. really get to play. Second year, you get to play. Surfing is the same thing. They say the first year, it sucks, and then that's when you when you get the hang of it, that's when it becomes a lot of fun because you're not falling all the time. I think like snowboarding is something similar. You get that it takes like a good, I don't know how many practices, maybe thirty practices for you to really go down a mountain and you're just killing it, at least maybe more. I don't know. But it I mean you when you watch people going down, they're not falling at all because i'm I'm falling like between like four to eight times before the end of <laughs> like at least at least, but it looks like a lot of fun once you get the hang of it.
0: it does so let's talk about something that's happened over the weekend, which yeah. is we, we call it slapgate oh man slapgate <laughs> that was crazy, man yeah for those not even know uh, there was uh who's number one event hosted by float grappling and uh They had Gordon Ryan facing uh, Robert Jimenez, and then they had Craig Jones facing Ronaldo Jr. Correct. So, Gordon won, and he did something that was pretty amazing too, which he did the Babe Ruth. He called this submission victory in advance, Yeah. and it wasn't leg lock, which he went, oh, I'm going to do a mounted armbar, and he mounted armbar, you know, Roberto, and he's no joke. Yeah. So, I mean, that was pretty impressive. And then afterwards, Craig ended up heel-hooking his opponent, who was an Atos team member. And from what I heard, uh, Gordon tried to approach uh, Andre to shake his hand. Some people were saying that he was doing it smugly, like trying to rub in the fact that his guys won.
1: Yeah. Probably a combination, you know, like you do for the cameras, being like, like rubbing in his face at the same time. They're yeah. not necessarily... And for the camera purposes, I think the right thing to do would have been to just shake his hand and let it be. But. yeah,
0: or yeah, whatever the case is. Yeah. But the video yeah. then afterwards—if you haven't seen the video—it's all over the place. Just YouTube, uh, Gordon slap galau, and it's all over the place. But uh, the video that I see, it shows Andre following uh, Gordon, and then he can you can't really hear what Andre is saying but you can hear the response from Gordon. And he says, why am I running? Why am I running? Yeah. And then uh, Andrea ends up pushing him, gives him the finger. Gordon then returns. Boom. <laughs> A nice bitch smack to the face. And it was loud. I don't know if you're... Is the one that was in the dark or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was It was pretty loud. Yeah. Hits him. And then you would think at that point, hands should be thrown. Yeah. But then something weird happens, which... Andre just keeps talking crap and following Gordon yeah. and then after another like 20 seconds Gordon turns around faces him slaps him a second time and then you would think okay now the fight definitely has to happen
1: and nothing happens
0: nothing happens and then Andre just keeps following him talking shit which is just it's not
1: the wrong thing to do like you either gotta back down completely or escalate there's nothing in between
0: yeah you know like in the animal world which we're a part of Those before violence takes place, before a fight happens, there are levels of escalation. There's
1: a buildup. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Because essentially, no animal wants to get into a fight needlessly because they know they can get hurt. Yeah. And when you're in the wild, you get injured, it could be death, you know, infection or whatnot. First one is usually physical posturing, you know, you'll see animals puffing yeah, the flexing, chest, yeah. And guys do that too, they start like, you know, they're
1: trying to show look, I'm dangerous. We're I'm just busy. more sophisticated than them. We just talk a lot of shit yeah, while the, we're puffing. And the yeah,
0: second yeah. thing is talk, right? Like, you know, we in animal world's a loud roars is yeah, scary. Yeah. But in our world, we're making physical threats and, yeah. you know, doing the chest pounding stuff. Then pushing, I think is the first the weakest form of physical violence that you could do yeah which is still a challenge you're not actually hurting somebody yet but you're saying you hey. tempting i doubt da- i yeah. dare you yeah and you're, you're pushing them away but at the same time it's like if you keep coming at me something's going to go down yeah a slap is the next level of escalation because now you're like oh i hurt you not seriously but i just hurt you are you gonna let me get away with this or if not more is coming behind it that's what a slap means yeah and then obviously the next level is fighting. Now we're going to throw and go. You know, there's no point of return. In normal order, you either match somebody's level or you you raise it. Yeah. And beyond that, like you like you said earlier, you just step away. You back out.
1: Back down. It's like I go, like, but yeah. what dogs do, they throw themselves on their backs yeah. with their <laughs> legs up in the air like I'm the beta.
0: Yeah. The dogs do that. Like yeah, if yeah, they're yeah, about to yeah. fight
1: one of them, I back down, okay, okay, I don't want to fight, you win, right? Yeah. That's...
0: Another option. So what was weird about this is that they were talking crap to each other. Galvao escalates, he pushes them, then Gordon escalates with a slap, and then you would expect either a return slap, a punch, or you back away. But instead, Galvao just still keeps following him, talking crap. Like he stayed like at level zero when this guy went to level two. It's just so weird. Like, I can't wrap my mind around it. You know, it's just a very bizarre... I think that he
1: wasn't... He, he, people confuse real world with Instagram these days. Like, to me, there's Instagram where everyone's tough and everyone can talk shit. And then there's the real world. I think Andre forgot he was in the real world for a second there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to... You can't... It, it's not, like you said, you're escalated. There's no more talking shit after that. Yeah. You either escalate or you back down. There's no in between. Like, or you can at least match them, Right. He back. I mean, at the end of the day, he backed down. There's no way around it. It's like, oh, no, I'm just like, I'm keeping my temper. I'm like, dude, that's not keeping your, like, I've seen, and I like, I don't mean, dislike him. I think it's, you know, I've seen him lose his temper more times than I can count. I've known him for years. I think deep down, he just might be intimidated. Like, and I, and that, I don't think there's any shame in that. I mean, maybe you're just, you know, you're human. Like, whatever. Like, I you know, I'm, I'm intimidated. Francis ningano has been to my gym a couple times. Like, I look at him I'm like, could I take this guy? And I'm like, fuck, man, I don't think I could take this guy. This guy's <laughs> fucking kill me. And it's somewhat intimidating. He's a he's a very athletic guy. He's very strong. He's like heavyweight. Yeah, no you know, like it's like a scary guy to fight. You know, and I'm looking at him, I'm going, could I take this guy? I don't think I could. And it hurts me to say that, like a massive ego. Like, you don't want to say that. But it's true, right? Like, what are you gonna do? Can I take him down? Probably not. If he hits me once, I'm probably gonna go lights out. You know, maybe I can put up a fight. You know, if I clinch him, you know. But then I'm looking, I'm thinking. But if he bitch slapped me, would I fight back? Oh fuck yeah, a hundred percent. Like if Francis Ngannou walked up to me and bitch slapped me, I'd be like, I'm terrified. I cannot win, but I'm swinging back. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Like I can never live. I can live with myself if Francis Ngannou knocked me out. I can live with myself. If he tapped me, maybe not. Maybe not that. That I couldn't. <laughs> but if he knocked me out, I could live with. But if he bitch slapped me. I 100% could not live with myself. I would be taking that to my grave. I'd be like, I can't believe I backed down. I'd be chasing them down like, now we got to fight, bro. Even if you win, like, it's fine, but we got to fight. Yeah. You know, so next time you're going to know that if you touch me, it's going to be. And then what happens is the guys, people, people, would res- when they even if they beat you, man, we were kids, I don't remember, we'd fight. When someone beat you, they respected you even if you lost. Like, there was a respect there. They stopped because they knew that if they picked a fight with you, they're going to have to get dirty. Yeah. And so there was like a respect. There. I'm like, all right, bro, we established that I'm better than you, but I don't want to do that again. And sometimes the, the loser was the one who wanted to fight again, and the winner's like, dude, I don't want to do that again. Because he feels like, you know, you know, probably try to maintain his status. But there's also like a respect that is gained when a guy actually picks a fight. This is why the bully always picks the weakest child in the group. Yes, The bully always goes for the child that he knows deep down is not going to fight back. Like children understand this right but if you if you know the guy's gonna fight back you're looking for it's like the lion who's chasing the gazelle he doesn't go for the fastest gazelle he goes for the weakest one the slowest one it's the same thing and you know what's what's happening you're gonna go for the weakest one because you know he's not gonna fight back Gordon knows now deep down in his heart that Andre's scared of him
0: yeah and that's why
1: and that's why I will wager with everyone in here you're listening you wanna put money on it that fight is never gonna happen I'll bet money on it because asking for a million dollars at the end of the day is a way out that's what it is
0: yeah, when you start connecting all the dots, he definitely, the it, it uh, evidence would suggest he does not want to fight them, right? Because remember, at one point, they had $300,000 up and they, they, they had ready to pay the winner. It was a winner take all. And it started at 100000 and then they, they kept moving it up, moving it up, and then they finally got to $300,000. They might get
1: to a million. Maybe I'm wrong. It might actually mm-hmm. get there. No, they won't. <laughs> no, no, no. ADCC is not going to pay yeah, for yeah, yeah. it, but they might get a group of rich guys together. There are people out there, Dave, that spend three hundred thousand dollars on a nightclub in a night That's at Hakkasan. Like I, I, you know, Marcelo works there. Like Rob, there's a guy there today, and he spent like two hundred fifty thousand dollars on drinks, buy drinks right, like two hundred fifty thousand dollars in one night. There are people out there that a million dollars and them is change. One of those guys who really wants to see this fight, he'll give him a million. But the thing is, I don't. I mean, he'll take the million. But I don't think he wants to fight. I think he's seen a million because at this stage, it's clearly, it's yeah. clear to me that, you know, he's not interested. And he doesn't have to prove. Like, what does Andre have to prove in the grand scheme of things? He's done it all, man. Like, kudos to him. He's much older. He's done it all. He's been talking about retirement for a long time. He doesn't have to. But now he's cornering himself in a position. where if he doesn't? It's just gonna make him look, yeah, really bad,
0: really, really bad. You know, because, yeah, what I was saying before, they gave him a $300,000 potential payday. He backed away from it, right? And then yeah. at that point, what did he say? Oh, it has to be a million now. Yeah. You know, and when, when I think initially he had agreed that if it was 300 grand, it would have been good. And then they, loved, they moved it up. And then now he's been doing this. Well, oh, I want a million also. So it's, it seems like a way to get out of fight. And then this happens. Clearly, he didn't want to fight. Right, and like you said, he must have thought that it was not possible to get into a fight, yeah. and I guess he forgot he was in the real world. <laughs> and <laughs> and this is one of the situations where like I don't fault Gordon at all for everything he did. I see him in the right. You know, if somebody who's mad at me is talking shit behind my back yeah. as I'm walking away and following me, I'm putting myself in danger because I don't know what this guy's gonna yeah, do. yeah. Because if he's following me a long distance talking yeah. crap, he's obviously he wants a response. And if I don't respond to him, he might just hit me in the back of the head or something.
1: No, I, I actually think that if someone is if you, someone's yelling at you, you know, because the thing, you can always draw the line between verbal violence and physical violence, right? But at the same time, these guys are fighters. There's that. So mm-hmm. it's like those worlds are kind of like, it's blurry already because yeah. you're a fighter. You're not talking about like regular people, you're, you know, people that are trained to fight and Andre pushed him first. I didn't see the whole yes, thing. Yes, Andre he, he pushed, pushed him like, first. So. Once you put your hands on me, like it's on. Like yeah. there's nothing anything I do is sort of like it's justified. Yeah, I point. justified at this point. So he opened the door. I don't think he was ready. I th- actually deep down I think he thinks that Gordon was going to back
0: down and he didn't.
1: I thought they were just bluffing and yeah. then Gordon I'm like, "All right, I'll take you on it." And then I was like, "All right, all right, all right, you win." He kind of did the dog, you know, threw himself on his back and
0: Yeah. But you see that's the thing. he kept barking though.
1: That's yes, that was, which just, it, was made it, it made it worse,
0: which made it really weird, right? Yeah. Because yeah, cause this guy, again, he was chasing him, walked away, and then when he kept he kept saying, "Oh, why are you running?" So when he turned around to face him, Andre pushed him. Yeah. At that point, now it's fair game, you know. hundred percent, hundred percent. And the slap, to me, it's a controlled response. To be honest, I'll be, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you the truth. I would have just punched. Yeah. I I don't slap because to me, but
1: honestly, it makes it make. <sighs> There's something bad about being slapped. I'd rather
0: get punched. Oh yeah. There's no, something
1: in, there's something that's so humiliating about a big because slap. a slap
0: is is it's essentially like you're calling him a bitch. You're calling him a bitch, right? Yeah. Like, look, I'm gonna hit you, and you, either you step up or you walk away. But you're walking away with like a scarlet letter. You know what I mean? Because like my handprint is is fresh on your face. Yeah. Oh, you know? So. Bad. so to me, that's a, like you said. Like I can't think age- of one instance in my life, you Robert, know that, that yeah. someone slapped me without getting punched. Oh, yeah, I can't think. Of I, it when ever, I was like, in it. in grade school and stuff like that, I got slapped on. a bunch of times, but it was it a fight was, right afterwards. It was on. Yeah.
1: yeah, the thing is, like twenty years ago, this was unthinkable because it would have been a story. Have you heard? Did you know? It was like it's gossip at that point because yeah. like, now everyone's got a camera. So you got to be. I mean, when you're when you're in that level and they're like. This is the thing about being a celebrity, right? And people, are, everyone's hustling to be famous. It's like you don't understand how hard it is to be in the spotlight the whole time. Yeah, I have never been that, but I've seen it. I've been around it. I've seen people who are in the spotlight the whole time, dude. There's no reason why celebrities like commit suicide and they're like, you know, going overdosing on drugs. It's like it's a lot of pressure, man. For like sure it, you, you. I mean, you, you know, Britney Spears leaves the house and she's got a bad. You know hairdo, and then she's like, it's all over the news the next day. Yeah, you know, maybe she gained some weight, and it's all over. Like, it's just terrible, man. Like people watching you 24/7. If that had been two white belts, no one would have cared. Yeah, you know. But when you're at that level, man, you got to be watching every move. That's gonna go on the internet forever now. And I know these these guys have massive egos, man. Like I mean, just all fighters do. That's somewhat healthy, you know, in some regard, but. You gotta live with that now. I, I, I couldn't. No, I, t- I would be calling him out. Like I'd be going to his gym. Like Dude, we're gonna have to fight old school right now. I don't care. We, you have to redeem yourself after that.
0: Yeah, I, I've talked to my brother about this. I talked to him. But like I, I have a hard time like getting my head around it. You know? Because look, Andres fought MMA before, and he's a he's a good fighter. He's a good fighter. Yeah, he can obviously fight. You know? So it's just weird. Like he had he was obviously not in the right headspace. And like you said, he must have thought this was Instagram. Or maybe he thought because there were cameras there that they wouldn't go up. but to me, you can't rely on that, you know? You can't think that, oh, because people are watching, that he's going to be civil, especially with someone like Gordon. to him this this is an easy opportunity to get even more fame. you know he's all yeah. about getting attention and
1: and he knows how to do it. yeah, yeah I mean, what, what, you think what you want my like he's he is not only that he's exceptionally good at Nogi. But he's also exceptionally good at manipulating the press. Manipulating, the, he's very good at marketing himself in a very bad guy kind of way. He's like the guy that everyone loves to hate. Yeah. What was he's the name deal. of that? That um, Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Was like the, <laughs> he's like the Andy Kaufman of jujitsu. You know, like he just everyone loves to hate him. Yeah. But you know, say what you want about the kid, and I I've had my my fair share of you know arguing with him. He's very talented. You no, know, his, know. his, his yeah. it's just like you know his talent is mad. I mean, he's very stupid too. You know, I think his stupidity is matched by his talent. He's very talented,
0: <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> you know, but you know, you got to give it like he backs it up. You know, say what you want. Like you said, he called it. Murcios Jimenez is a legit grappler. He mount. calls an yeah. armbar from mount, dude. That's hard to do. Yeah, I don't care who you are. Like at, at the high level. You know, now Roberto, I, I honestly didn't expect Roberto to beat him because he's too young. Gordon's just, a, he's a better grappler. Yeah. And, and without the, no doubt. But not like that, man, at least at least put up a fight. He, dude, he's, I'm gonna beat you from mountains. It's, it's incredible, man, truly. But on the other hand, there's, now this is all exciting to talk about, but this is not good for the sport. And I keep saying this, everyone like, because we get excited because it's like, oh fuck, what's gonna happen? But the grand scheme of things, you think this makes, this is the two of the biggest icons in the sport of Jiu Jitsu. They're the super fight ADCC which it, i think their adc loses credibility when this happens in my view it doesn't raise, okay more, maybe more people will watch but a lot of people watch pro wrestling it doesn't make it just because a lot of people are watching it doesn't does make it prestigious it, yeah exactly like you know you, you 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 lost class because you have two of their biggest icons They're two super fight where the next super fight and they're fighting like they're in high school like they're like teenagers scrapping and you know at the end uh, you know with the bell rings or something I think long term this is very bad for jiu-jitsu, It's bad. ADCC loses credibility when this happens. Like I, I'm of the opinion there should be some kind of repercussions. Like if you're, like if you're represent organization that's supposed to be like you know the big the Olympics of grappling, man, you got to do something. Like what, 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 are the repercussions? Nothing. They're actually reposting it. Like they're actually like, yeah, guys, it's us hype it up because it's all about the hype. That's the only thing people are looking at. I think you got to look past just this 2022 ADCC. And you got to look at what is ADCC going to be fifty years from now? Like you got to think longevity. I don't think people are thinking that far ahead. But this discredits Jiu Jitsu doesn't make us look good,
0: you know. It doesn't, and uh, it's again Conor McGregor effect, right? Like this is a page out of his plan. Although to be fair, it doesn't look like Gordon had a role in this as far as like planning the event. No, 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 no. He like he defended himself. Like in, in my opinion. Very civilly. Yeah. Because like I said, like me, someone lays hands on me, we're throwing down. Yeah. I would have just went from push to punch. You know, so the fact that he slapped them not once but twice, it kind of shows restraint. I'll be honest. Like, it shows control because yeah. if you see him, he's following them all over the place. And dude, you got someone like about who could fuck you up and he's following you around angry, talking shit. Yeah. That's not exactly the safest place to be. No, yeah,
1: the fact that he's following him just makes it so much because, like, you are asking for it. Because if you didn't want any, you should have just stayed in your. Exactly. I, I I think it's. I think it was Mike Tyson that said, like, the internet got you all too comfortable, like talking shit, not getting punched in the face for it, or something like that. it Was like a really good quote. I think I reposted it too. Like, yeah, man, that's because it's true. Like, it it has allowed people to talk a lot of smack and get away with it. You see this all over the place now. This is not just jujitsu. This is like everywhere. I don't know, man, if you're gonna talk shit in someone's face like that, you have to be ready to get like dude like especially if you're dealing with fighters.
0: Yeah, man. You
1: know, I think it's you know, someone sent me a picture of, you know, there's during the protest and there's this girl, she's like screaming at a cop, the cop is just standing yeah, there and yeah. she's got her finger in his face. I'm like, I don't think you realize that how and they're talking about privilege. She was like, that's, that's a lot of privilege right there, you know? Because if you can walk up to a guy that you know, it's like me walking up to Francis Nguyen and going like <laughs> sticking my finger in his face and, and go, spitting that, shit yeah, and spitting yeah. and then, like Francis gone just standing there. I'm like, bro, careful, yeah. man. Yeah.
0: Right? Like you should not be able to do that. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah, you're you're pushing.
1: You're cra- you're you're playing like that. That's a fucking gorilla. Man, like, you could a fighter could kill you.
0: Yeah. Like you don't understand. Guy- that, those cops can kill you. You yeah. Can't do that. No, there was a guy just uh, the other day here in Vegas killed someone with one punch.
1: Shit happens. Yeah,
0: yeah. In memory, uh, I don't know the full story, but apparently it was a couple walking down the, the strip, some crazy guy started following them. They went on an escalator, he got to the bottom of the escalator, waited for them, and then when he got down, yeah cracked him, yeah. hit his head on the floor, and died. You know, so like yeah, you know, people are like, Oh, you you know, why would you fight so quickly? Because I don't wanna be the guy that hits his head in the concrete and dies. You know, like these things have serious yeah. consequences. I, so, I, like, I, that's why, I, like, I don't see Gordon in the wrong here. He, he, in anything, he was controlled in the response. What's weird to me is that, okay, you got slapped once. Shouldn't it have happened in the first place. Like, you're a fighter. Where the hell are your hands? Where's your head movement? You know, like, yeah, you, like, you push the guy and he's walking into you. Like, what do you he think didn't is going to happen? He didn't think. He didn't believe it. Like to me, like that's, he, that's naive. You know, but like, the, the he, first time
1: he got away with, he could have said, like, okay. This is Gordon's not gonna. Got fast hands, yeah. so right? yeah. The second time, bro, you're sleeping, man.
0: <laughs> Seriously. Like, like, wake up. Put the nukes up, dude. Like come no, on. I, I agree in
1: this particular event, I think like, you know, Gordon's in the right. Like he just did what I would have done probably. I probably would have might have I have had less temper and might want have punched the guy instead of slapping. Yeah. But you know, he has a skill to get him into people's skin. Like he has an ability. And the other thing too is, and this is not related, but it is part of the trajectory that got them there. He has a history of disrespecting people. That he should be respecting because they paved the way, on the, the road he's walking on has been paved by people he disrespects nonstop. I when I when I see him disrespect, not, not even myself, myself like cyborg like it just yeah. it drives me crazy. Like dude, you're you don't realize you're shitting on the people that paved the way for you to be where you are. I think that's an incredibly disrespectful. Period. With that being said, you know it doesn't justify. You know you should as you should keep your temper. Like you should you know you can't lose your cool. Or if you're gonna lose your cool lose it
0: Yeah. don't be in life. that
1: limbo of shit talking and not honestly if you would have asked me like two weeks ago if that if the situation like not given the names just like yeah. if this happens I would have believed it was the other way around mm-hmm. I would have imagined like Andre would have been the one playing the role of Gordon instead of what what happened actually shocked me because I always thought that Andre was going I was going to lose his shit because I've seen him lose it many times and Gordon was the one that was going to back down because like my experience with people that talk a lot of shit they're like dogs that bark a lot yeah, yeah but no, don't yeah. bite That's my experience with most people, right? Gordon's a guy who talks a lot of smack. I'm like, I think that if you press that kid, he'd probably break. That's my, but I could be wrong. I'm I'm always like, he talks a lot. Maybe if my stereotype is accurate, he's a dog that barks a lot. But if you press him, he's going to fold. He didn't fold, man. No,
0: no, he's... he's, It was the other way around. And
1: that kind of caught me off guard. I would have never guessed.
0: The other thing, which, again, like I said, the last time I got into a fight was probably like, in grade school. Because once I started learning. Or high school I think. Once I started wrestling. and never got into a fight ever again. Not even close. Like not even remotely close. And. I attribute that just to the attitude. You know like. I think there's a level of confidence that you have. Like as a martial artist. Or at least that you should have. That you wouldn't go around challenging people. Needlessly. Even to the point where. Like I, I wrote about this. But I said like. There's certain rules that I would follow. Like one like. I don't go to dangerous places, right? That keeps me safe. Yeah. You know, if I'm going into the ghetto, yeah, trouble's going to find me because yeah. I'm in the place where trouble lives. Yeah. Right. So, like, no, like, I don't do that. I don't drink or do drugs or mentally compromise myself where I might make foolish decisions. I also don't get really close to people that I don't know, right? I'm not going to get up into someone's face that I have no clue about because, man, you, you're, you promote you're, violence right there.
1: You are. Yeah, if you don't know where you're at, you're going. Right, you should probably just be very conservative about where, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. not. But you, he, he opened the door, man. That's, in the, that's to me, that's, you got what you asked for. Yeah, but,
0: he did everything to, to yeah. pick a fight without wanting to have a fight. That's what's weird. You know, I think, oh, when I talk about this off air, but I said it's like a game of poker where Galvao was bluffing, and yeah. then Gordon called him, had the better hand. And then Gabal just kept bluffing anyways. It's like, dude, I saw your hand. He <laughs> you can't bluff anymore. <laughs> you got nothing. You know, I got a, I got a pair of razors. Like, what are you doing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You get bluffy even though you have like showing his cards. Like got absolutely nothing. He keeps like That's a great way to put it. Um, yeah, man. It, it's it's it, man, you know, I, the, look, it's as entertaining as this all is. Like I feel jujitsu is turning it into a high school. You know, it's gone, it's, that should not, I mean, they're adults, man. Like, these guys are not, you know, especially, I mean, I know, entertainment, you know, but it's, there should be a level, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's overall bad for the sport. We've descended into, it's it's turned into a circus, you know, what's next?
0: Well, apparently, you have two things that are are very circus related. First, you have Craig Jones, I guess they're saying now he's going to fight Gabby Garcia. I don't know if you saw that. I'm not sure if he's serious or not. Gabby no. seems very serious.
1: They're just joking. <laughs> they can't be serious. Like, there's no <laughs> way.
0: If that happens, that would be pretty funny. Yeah. Because I think Craig Jones, you put, put a bunch of funny things. One, he has that meme where it shows the guy in the, in the party. He's in the corner and everybody's ignoring him. He goes, I'm the main event. And it has a like Gordon and Gabel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the middle dancing. Yeah. And then you put, like, uh...
1: Oh, and no, no one everyone forgot the results. Like, no one pays attention to the event. Yeah. It was all about the slap, yeah.
0: He's like, uh, Gordon upstaged his own teammate. Is it what? <laughs> he upstaged his own teammate. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> so then uh, and then Gabby said, oh, she'll fight Gordon, you know, like, oh, for the best, uh, whatever. And then Craig goes, I'll fight you. And then she goes, oh, are you for real? Or are you are so they' like keyboard pussy whatever? I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gotten. The it thing,
1: man, you know, it's you know, I don't know. Like I, when I want to be entertained, I watch Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle. Put it like that, you know. Like, but like, it's it's it, it damages the damage the of the sport long run. Like I, I think would be sure. I mean, if I were the president of ADCC, i would be repercussions. If I were the president of you know who's number one, there'd been repercussions. One hundred percent to both of them.
0: Yeah, but know. this is more clickbait yeah it, dude, it, works. It, to, it works it works it, it, I mean, mean if you
1: want to boost your algorithm and get likes I guess that's what you got to do but what's next like I feel like it's escalating or, because they got to raise the bar because if you want to get a bigger applause next time what do you got to do well, you, you they, raise the bar they what have up? a
0: good formula for it because now you have Gordon and Ryan and Wagner Rocha they both apparently have an affinity for slapping
1: Someone's going to get slapped. Someone's going to get a good one, man. Yeah. It, it, I, I hope that Gordon stands up with him. Because, like, Wagner has, like, that, like that head-fighting thing that annoys the shit out of people, you know?
0: He does yeah. stuff that takes fights, for sure. Yeah. You know, like, in wrestling, there's guys that would do this, where they would palm you in yeah. the forehead. And to, in the wrestler world, that's, like, being slapped in the face. Because it's yeah. highly annoying. You know, and they're just like, oh, yeah. Like that. And it's like, oh, I remember. Is I it legal? I don't know. Because it doesn't I, serve a purpose. Well, I guess, you know, you can club the head and whatnot. I remember because there was a guy that always used to do that. And it was like, I think it was from North Miami Beach. We had some good matches. And when he kept doing that thing. And I, I clubbed his head. Yeah. Then he clubbed me harder. And so it, it, we had an escalation of this clubbing. Yeah. Where we just forgot about wrestling. And we literally just went, wah, wah, wah And the ref steps in. Yeah, you know. But <laughs> I can play this game too, you know? Yeah. But it, he has that type of very physical style that will get people riled up, which yeah. he obviously has, you know? So, yeah, if that, that happens with Gordon, uh, you know, we might have some more fireworks, you know? Stylistically wise, though, it, I, I think they've already grappled each other, right? Who? the uh, Gordon and, uh, and uh, Wagner? Wagner? I don't know. I, I don't think know. EBI, I can't keep
1: up. There's so many of them. I can't keep up anymore.
0: But I think an EBI missed yeah. each other. And I, I could be wrong, but I think they did. But either way, I would think that's another one. Really, like Gordon. I think just Gordon's way. I, is,
1: I think for the next a like, year or two, like he's gonna be. there's give him, you, like, It's there's always someone that's gonna. It's the one thing history teaches in fighting pretty consistently is that there's always someone that will have. Your Achilles heel like he's gonna know what your Achilles heel is gonna have the poison and, and it's very hard to stay on top That's the reality of it. Like think about like look at MMA. How many guys hold that belt? What's the average amount of fights that someone holds on to that belt? Two? Three? I, I don't know like it's not a lot I mean you get the GSPs and the Anderson Silva's of the world that hold on to it for a long time But those are the exceptions. Yeah, the vast majority of people who hold on to that belt hold the belt for what? I don't know what the app my guess is like two fights. That's the average like maybe three you know, it's very hard to stay on top for a very long time. I don't care how good you are. Like, and then you get the exceptional guys. Like I said, like GSP was a champion for a long time. But out of everyone that's been through the UFC, or all the champions for that matter, how many held the belt for as long as he did? Yeah. It's a very, it's a small minority. I think it's the same for every sport. You get the Michael Phelps, right? But it's, you know, eventually someone's gonna come along and blow him out of the water if he keeps competing. You know, at some point, there's just no way out of it. It's just the nature of the goes. But, like, right now, I, I, I can't think of anyone to beat him without the game. I mean, I think they are guys... That match with Boucher, I'd still like to see that again, man. Like, I think it was very close. There's, there's like, two points there that I still have to go over the rules again because he's set with the headlock. And if I'm not mistaken, that's two. But, again, the refereeing with ADCC is so bad. Uh, yeah. It's it's the worst. You know, it's funny, like... I was arguing with someone, and you know, oh, but their referees have 10 years of experience. And I go, You mean they've they've ref five times their whole life? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> like it's, that's not a lot of experience. But uh, that's the, it's the, the referees, ex- I, and I don't mean to offend, like, but people talk all this sorts of smack about IBJJF, but they're way better. I mean, in terms of organization and like refereeing, it's like light years ahead.
0: I, I think the problem, I think the refs, could use more experience, but more than that, that the rules are so subjective. Very subjective. So not only do you have someone who doesn't have a lot of experience, but now you're living it up to their judgment call, yeah. which you're probably not going to agree with. You know, yeah. so I, I that's why I like rules that are more cut and dry. Let's take out all this gray area, which it's makes very hard, which it makes it so hard to deal with because you, you're going to have. It's a, it's a crying shame that you could have one match that, if you switch referees, would have very different outcomes. Completely different. Yeah. yeah. So, like, man, there's obviously something wrong yeah. with this scoring system. And, and they, they seem
1: to think that, you know, the, the, leaving the gray area in the hands of the, the judge or the referee is a good idea. Like, it's not. Like, you have to—I think it, fighting is subjective, right? I think it's impossible to get rid of all gray area. But what good rules do—it's like a constitution. It's like any contract— what a good attorney does is like he narrows down the gray area to it's like almost non-existing. Yeah. I think there's always like good attorneys can read any contract and go, "There's a way in, right?" Like that, there, there's a way to break this. There's, there's there's crafty ways of manipulating the system, right? And if you're if you're a you know a good or slash dishonest, depends on how you want to look at it. Attorney, you might be able to do that. Good competitors are the same thing. They master what treading that line, like where's the gray area, how can I trick the referee. Like I'm not gonna mention names, but I know people that they, they get their backs taken and they act like they're off balance and they go out of bounds.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like they're really good and you can't tell. And I know he's—I know he's just playing the ref. That's yeah. a trick. He's acting like he's off balance and he goes out of bounds. He wasn't—he wasn't off balance. He was pushing a fight out of bounds and the referee just stops the fight, sends back up, and nothing happens. Doesn't doesn't start back on the back right? So there are ways of manipulating. But with ADCC, I feel like the rules they really need to be rethought. Yeah. There's a lot of gray area and there's a lot is being left to the refs. And that's just never that's just never good for the sport. Like you need consistency with, with refereeing. Yeah. You should you
0: know? like the whole like the whole the barometer should be like we can have this match with five different referees, they will all call it the same. And okay, then we're good. We're yeah. consistent. Right? And yeah. that's what all you can ask for is to compare that I know, okay, I might not like this, but I know it's gonna go this way. Yeah. Now like man it's a coin toss how this call is gonna turn yeah. out, you know, that's not a good feeling and, <laughs> Everybody should know. I mean, that's the whole point behind having the rules. Like, I know, okay, when this happens, I get awarded this or penalize this. Not like, well, if it's this referee, I'm good. Yeah. I know sometimes on ACC when I saw a certain ref, I'm like, oh. Oh, no, 100%. <laughs> like, you, you
1: get the bad. Like, even IBJF. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not, like, they're not they're far from perfect. Like, yeah. they, there are referees IBJF that I trust with my life. Like, that guy's a good referee.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? There's like, honestly, and that, the ones that I really trust, we're talking like four or five. Yeah the rest of them I'm like okay here we go <laughs> yeah. you know because it is in their defense man it is very very hard to referee the only people who talk shit about referees if you really pay attention, people like, that never refereed after you referee a few times you gain like a whole new respect for that profession because it's very difficult
0: which is why yeah, it is very difficult I mean, I've run I think it was like 10 yeah. different grappling tournaments and it was like me and my brother reffing almost all the matches so like I have a lot of reffing experience of my belt it's not fun yeah uh it's very stressful, especially when you're dealing with kids or young people. You don't want them to hurt themselves. And then yeah. you have to make that call sometimes. that so They're not going to tap. I'm going to step in and for, tap for them. And everybody complains and all that. But, like, like, I don't want your five-year-old to break his arm. Excuse me for, yeah. for, for, for stopping this match oh, yeah. when it's bent back, you know, 20 degrees. But making calls very subjective. You just increase the level of stress that referee already has. Because now, like, he has to make the judgment call. And, you know... If it's late in the day, those judgment calls are probably not going to be as good, you know, because he's tired. Like, it's, like anything else, refereeing is exhausting because you have to have your focus the whole time. You know, so you're like, Ugh. you're trying to watch every little thing. And your focus wanes after
1: a while. There's like for plenty sure. of research on this. Like you make too many decisions and your brain gets exhausted. Your brain gets tired of making decisions. Like you need, this is why I, one of the best things I've just I've ever done is before you would referee for eight, nine hours straight. Yeah, right now easy. they do. You referee for an hour, you get an hour break, and the guys go in the back room and they eat, drink coffee, nap, whatever they want to do. They take a little break, get on their phone, and they come back and referee for another hour. So they're working. If the term is twelve hours long, they're working six hours a day with like six hours of break. Yeah, yeah, right? that's very reasonable. It's right? yeah, it's reasonable, and, and I, I think it, the, the 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 level of referee went up after that, you know. But and not to mention the training. There's a lot of training now. Is it perfect? No. The rules are complicated, dude. I had Bushesh admit to me once that he didn't understand the rules. <laughs> that's their number one, he's like, I barely understand the rules, that's what he told me yeah, he you know, it, it's a, they, they, they it's, it's complicated, it's not easy, it's not like oh, I, can, I got the solution, it's not so simple man, you can't create a perfect rule set The things you can do to make them better but in terms of ADCC, I think they got a long way to go in terms of like really getting rid of the gray area they got way too much left of the referee and a good idea, a good example of this if you if you pick up an IBGF rule book how thick it is and you look at most tournaments, their rule book is a quarter of the size. Like, you can do the read. It's like some rules are very, very, like, we're talking two, three pages here. Yeah. And then you go to IBGF rule set, we're talking, I don't know what it is. I'm guessing, like, 40-plus pages. I, I have it, to look. But it's they're very dense. I know. I had to
0: look through it once. It's it, it's quite dense. It's yeah, dense yeah.
1: because they have to, what they're trying to do, and it's not perfect, is yeah. doing what? That gray area. They're trying to make it narrow. They're trying to make it very small. But competitors, of course, are always going to find whatever that is. And they're gonna, that's where they're going to they're walk that gray area line. It's not easy, man. Like, I've I become less... I mean, I know I, I'm still critical of refereeing and rules in general. But
0: it's a very hard job. No, it, it definitely um, is. Um, and just because, in my opinion, martial arts, grappling sports, are probably the most complex sport that you have, yeah. Period. There's so many techniques. There's so many variations, you know. That it's very hard to, sc- to make a, a consistent scoring criteria. I just think that certain particular ACC rules, they allow for a lot of gray areas unnecessarily. Yes, right? it can be avoided. Like, yeah, the, you can make things very simple. Like the whole turtle not counting for points. That's a massive gray area. That massive problem, and that, it's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, it makes it much more difficult. Yeah. If you just made it more binary. Yeah. Take down, it's points. It yeah. doesn't matter what time yeah. it is or not. Very easy to score.
1: And, and the other one is like, there's some things like, like the, the, on the back, you know, like four, yeah, eight, yeah, 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 yeah. 12. That makes no sense. But like, it, and, and then the worst one to me was like the concrete. You have like transitions and sequences going on for like 30 seconds on concrete. The referee's watching, like, dude, when are you going to stop this? And for good
0: reason. Me. Yeah. <laughs> when we went out of bounds, I got a heel hook from Paul Harris. Yeah. And like when they called the time, I was good. My knee was down on the mat. He was like had the heel hook. I wasn't in any danger. But then when they said, you know, Paro, whatever, I, I went to my back. I just sat there and this guy ripped it, caught my knee. Yeah. And I'm now like, you go back in there. And now I got back in and I'm screwed and we started from a worse position, you know? From the position they stopped. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. they he, he cranked me, but I'm not from where I was at. So I, from my lesson from there, was like, "Oh, you never stop fighting, never. Not even when the ref is going You, you just let them physically part you, yeah. because in that situation, that, that's what I
1: actually teach that to my students. Yeah. You don't stop until the referee touches you,
0: but because when even when he, even
1: they, when he's, in theory you're supposed to stop when they say, but the problem when you, when they say stop or paro, I've seen plenty of referees." score points after they say parole. Yeah. Because the thing I, I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just like they don't they forgot. They because the sequence looks legit after he said Pado but dude, once you say Pado whatever happens after that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. So I actually like you keep going until he actually puts his hand on you and then then after that it's it's a
0: more it's more symbolic than just saying something. Right? But well, like they did put the hand out yeah. and they still got cranked. So no, they, no, I do, yeah, I believe you. I know no, yeah. so that's why my my thing I tell guys, just keep going. Let the ref physically break you apart.
1: Because then it means something. He will actually touch you and he's trying to break you yeah, apart. and you know? not
0: just that. I've seen ACC in the super fights um, where there was a guard pass that happened just out of bounds. Yeah. And the ref would call time. They just kept going. And the guy on bottom just never let the position settle. Mm. And then when they finally yeah, broke him apart, when they try to restart them, he's like, no, no, I wasn't here. I wasn't here. Anymore. Yeah, And they just went, yeah. stand on your feet like, yeah, he, he just gained himself out of a set of yeah. passes, you know? it's, <laughs> it's shitty, but the thing
1: experience will teach you how to manipulate those experiences or those moments in your favor
0: yeah. right
1: so I mean man it's not it's not pretty, man, like I don't think there's a perfect rules I really I mean, I think that there are improvements that can be made, of course, everyone's got their own idea what the best rule set is. what's interesting to me is people, maybe I'm guilty of this too, is that. People's preferred rule set is always leaning towards their own personal preferences, technically. You ever notice that? <laughs> Whatever I'm good at, that's what's good for jiu It's like, I wonder, like, where, is, where does the bias begin and what when does what's best for jiu-jitsu begin? Like, where, where does one end and the other one begin? Right, my point. Um, if people that hate leg locks are, you know, adamant against... Them, they're not good at them, so they're against them. People are really good at leg locks, you know. People are good at wrestling. They want a more wrestling-oriented game, which is all... You know understandable. I was going just because I'm I'm like been geeking out on jiu jitsu history recently. Like Helio Gracie, well, he used to battle for no points, short geese, and um, like long matches. He liked okay. long, the longer the better, right? Because he was a resilient guy. He said he had to be played a patient game, right? Or a patience game, and so that's what he always wanted to do. And then when they start the federation in 67, or I think 54 or 52, the first time they they used the rule set that is today the foundation of IBJJF, right? It would have been 52 or 54, and then in 67 they found the federation. It was with points, with time limit, with all that. And I wonder, why did Helio concede? Because that's not the rule set that he liked. He hated points. I think he conceded because he was retired. So it doesn't matter now. So it's all easy to say stuff right. like that. So maybe maybe that might be add to that too. Maybe I say it's okay to I I think that guard a guard pulling should be penalized because I'm retired so it doesn't make a difference to me because all I did my whole life was pull a guard. Maybe if you asked me that question 20 years ago I'm like no, guard pulling all day. You're going to can't penalize that. But now I I feel against it. So it's, you know, maybe we all fall victim to the bias of like leaning towards what we like. But you know, competitors Competitors, they know how to manipulate the rules, but because they're biased, they I don't think they're the best people to be making decisions, but people that have never competed shouldn't either. I think that people that have competition experience but are not competing are probably the ones best positioned to create a good rule set. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I really think I mean sometimes. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to you know toot my own horn, but like I think we are, but because like we don't have, we're not invested in the sense. like this has got like whatever works to me is cool. It's good yeah. for jujitsu, right? And then on the other hand, you get the promoters come up with rules, and they've never competed before. Like if and I'm not going to mention names, but like if you look at most promoters either professional events or these tournaments, the vast majority of them never competed, or they have very little competition experience. Yeah. Almost unanimously. If you look at people that are making up rules, if you dig this deep, you're going to find someone who has never competed before or competed very little. Yeah, very rarely. they get. Past age,
0: yeah, yeah well,
1: I To me, that's crazy. It's like, you don't have the rules. So you have to ask the people who best know the rules, which is without a doubt the athletes. Yeah. It's just that when you ask people who are competing, they're always going to want to favor their game because they're too invested in it yeah. still, right? So there's two extremes there. Um, yeah, so ask me. I got all the answers. Just, just ask me and Dave. We know everything. <laughs> all
0: right. That's a good way to close it off. Yeah, yes. We, we, we know everything.
1: We know all the answers. Uh, once again, we solve all the world's problems here. This is the best podcast on the internet, man. I don't care what people say. <laughs> we always have all the solutions to everything.
0: That's awesome.
1: All right, Dave's a pleasure, man. We got to cut a little short, yep. uh, a little early today. I got class in a few. Um, I'll be gone for a week, and then when I'm back, we'll uh, we'll get back to it.
0: Sounds good. All right. all right, everybody. Take care. Ciao. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. If you have uh, comments, likes, suggestions, all that good stuff, post it onto our social media. We have the YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, all that good stuff. You can find it at Breaking the Guard and our website BreakingTheGuard.com, which has links to all those. A final award from one of our sponsors, which is bjjretreat.com. Yours truly is going to be hosting another BJJ Retreat in the beautiful Tamarina, Costa Rica. We currently have, I believe there's two spots left now. Uh, Last I checked, it might be one more. I'm not sure, but it's very limited. We're still offering a 15% discount for anybody who joins. Just go to bjjretreat.com and you can learn all about it. It's an eight-day retreat. We have over 15 hours of training, and there's going to be all sorts of cool things to do, from surfing, spear fishing, um, deep sea fishing, catamaran cruises, volcano tours. It's going to be a, a whole lot of fun, and we're covering, of course, my infamous Kimura trap system. You'll get to learn the whole system in this uh, in this camp. Which, believe me, in 15 hours, it's it's going to be a little tight, but we'll get it all in there. And lots of drilling, lots of live rolling. Uh, it's gonna be a great time and you can bring family friends even if they don't train and they'll have a great time there as well the price includes the the lodging breakfast transfers to and from the airport and you know everybody's oh what about COVID fortunately Costa Rica is very liberal with their uh, COVID policy you don't need to do any testing or anything like that to get into the country you only need uh, COVID testing on the exit assuming your country requires it like for example if you're coming from the u.s you're going to need to get a covid test on the way out of costa rica to be allowed into the u.s we have testing facilities nearby and we will help expedite all that for you uh our host uh, hero academy they're a charity so not only are you uh you getting the vacation of a lifetime while you're learning a lot and training and having a good time but you, your support is going to go towards the local community it gives meals to people there. It also gives training to the children of the community in Tamarindo, which is a beautiful beach town. Everything's within walking distance from the beach. So it's a great time. You, I would be happy to have you join. Again, there's a few spots left, so just go to bjjretreat.com to go and register. And uh, hopefully we'll see you there.